0: Okay, so we are continuing our Fools on the Hill series, so God's kingdom being established here on earth. Uh, we've, oh boy, we've, we've come a long way and we haven't come a long way, at least in terms of uh, how much of the Gospel of Matthew we've actually covered here. So a little refresh, we've gone through the Beatitudes, uh, what it means to be salt and light, Christ fulfilling the law, not abolishing the law, which is a theme that we'll see recurring here today again, um, and of course Terry talking last time about anger, lust, and divorce. Um, This train of thought continues today as we go into oaths and retaliation. Um, This is all focused on God's kingdom standard, so very uh, timely (laughs) that we are going through this. So to start, if you have a Bible, open to Matthew 5. We'll be reading from 33 to 42, but we'll be breaking it into sections. So we'll be reading on oaths first, and then later on we'll be reading on retaliation and going from there. So, oh, you can follow along as well. Actually, sorry, I always forget it's up here. (laughs) Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be a simple yes or no. Anything more than this is from the evil one, or from evil, as some translations might say. So some questions along the way that will be asked here. Um, as we, to guide us through both of these topics, right? What's, what's fueling the issues presented here? What is Jesus confronting here? Similar to anger, lust, and divorce, right? There's that saying, I say to you in response to something. Uh, what's, you know, what's being addressed? What does it mean for us today? Our oath's not meant to be done at all, and we'll, we'll get to retaliation later, but yeah, yeah. Um, a similar question will be asked with that as well. But yeah, our oath's not meant to be done at all, I think, is the, first, is the first thing. So let's talk a bit about that. It's not a word we really hear today. I mean, has anybody heard oath being said on the news or any, or among people? No. Usually what you hear is promise instead, so, which is kind of what an oath is. So, but an oath, it's, it's a bit more, though. So it's, it's a solemn promise which invokes God or a divine witness, in this case we're talking about God, um, regarding one's future action or behavior. So you haven't done something yet, and you've said, in the name of God, that you will do something. So, very, very important we don't think of this as some kind of witchcraft, though. There's a temptation to think of it like this, because, oh, if I make a promise in the name of God, God will do something. That's not how this works. You're inviting God to be a witness to what you're saying is true. It's kind of dangerous to do that with the holy god um, as we'll see here but yeah there's there's a credibility that's given to your oath when you when you do that okay hebrews 6 talks about this as well and it's it's because it's meant it's meant to give credibility to what you're saying is true that you're not lying you're speaking the truth we see proper use of this in in Ruth, when Ruth makes a promise to her mother-in-law in in the name of God that she will stay with her, even to death. David makes a a similar promise to Jonathan, a blood brother promise. Paul Paul makes such a claim in Romans 9 when he says the message that he is proclaiming is true and swears on the name of God that it is true. God swears on his own name. Uh, To Abraham in Genesis, when he says that he will make his descendants like the stars in the sky, like the sands on the shore. Yeah, and at one point, um, Jesus is confronted with a promise, you know, saying, are you the son of God? And he does, in fact, say yes to this because it's been sworn on God's name, you know, (laughs) swear on God's name, who are you? There's some modern day examples of this today. I don't know if anybody knows who Mahogany Jones is. Christian hip-hop artist back home? No? Okay. <laughs> or uh, anybody seen Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah, okay. So Desmond Doss is the man in that story. His promise that he made in the name of God was that he would not hold a firearm. Now, he did this before joining, um, before joining a platoon in World War II, uh, which is kind of an insane story when you think about it, but it did happen he is a real person. It was a real thing that, that happened and took place and God used him very powerfully without having to fire on a single person. It's a real, real good story. I I, I almost want to go into it here, but there, there's so much to cover, so. <laughs> um there's that. As for Mahogany Jones, all you need to know about her is that she made a promise before the Lord regarding her future career and prospects that she would basically give her gift in music to God and to the work of the kingdom and to the gospel and to, well, helping people know Christ. If she ended up winning an event, which she ended up winning. And she won. And so she left. She left everything that she... She, she probably left a multi-million dollar contract's worth of opportunities to do that because she made a promise before God. So we also see bad usage of this. Um, we see Saul. We see Saul misusing this in 1 Samuel 14. <sighs> he makes. How do I, how do I summarize this? So he makes he makes a promise in the middle of a battle and se- and tells his soldiers, okay, nobody is allowed to eat. Cursed be the man who eats before the battle is basically ended. This was a really foolish thing to do because his soldiers are probably tired and hungry. And the battle is still going on and raging, and he just told them they're not allowed to eat, lest they be cursed by God. This ended up causing a lot of problems, if you read the story. Um, Herod, in Matthew 14, later on, his foolish oath that was made led to the death of John the Baptist because he made a promise to a family member that they can have anything up to half his kingdom. All they have to do is ask. He made a promise, you can have whatever you like. Just ask me and it'll be done. Oh, I'd like John the Baptist, please. I'd like his head on a plate. Couldn't take that back, could he? Um, Peter, later in the Gospel of Matthew, he makes a promise denying that he knows God. When he denies Jesus three times, in one of those denials, he he invokes God to a lie, that he doesn't know who Jesus is. So I swear on the name of God that I don't know who Jesus is. When he does. How, how are oaths being misused? What's, what's Jesus getting at here? Well, unfortunately, when you swear... swear Swearing on heaven, on earth, you know, um, all these different things. Oaths were being misused. They were being treated very casually. People were just kind of throwing them out left, right, and center to make anything they were saying more true than it actually was. It it was treated almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card as a get-out clause. Yeah? So a lot of these oaths made were foolish, without discernment. Um, They were used to strengthen lies, instead of strengthen what you were saying to be true, which completely devalues the purpose of what an oath is supposed to be for, according to God. Um, we see oaths today used similar to what we see when wedding vows, legal contracts, election promises, marketing, guarantees, etc. There's all sorts of ways we use oaths in similar fashion today. But unfortunately... Such verbal promises made by people don't hold a lot of weight these days. People like to see something in the fine print because they don't, we, we don't really trust a lot of the time when somebody says they will do something, we like to see it written down. Because then that's something we can say, hey, you promised this. And somebody can't suddenly turn around and go, oh, I didn't promise that.
1: The... The main issue is a lack of integrity.
0: Okay? Your yes is not yes. Your no is not no. There's, there's a selfish motive behind that. And what it resulted in is just, you know, a bunch of casual oath-making. As I said, deceptive practices. You know, what you can get away with is kind of the goal instead of what you keep. You end up bla- we, we've ended up blaspheming God's name. By doing so. Because, because who is God? He's an oath keeper. He's a promise keeper. He says he, do, he says he will do something. And he does it.
1: He doesn't lie. Wouldn't it be nice. If we didn't have people. Looking to lie so much today. When making promises. Let's move to retaliation.
0: This is from verse 37 to 42. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you. and Do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Oh, boy. Um, well, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention in the news lately, but this is probably not something people actually want to hear right now. Um, but before we get into what's, what Jesus is kind of getting into here, what, what, what's, what's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Well, that actually comes from Exodus 21. It's a biblical idea, and it's important that we know, I think, what that is. So the punishment fits the crime. Okay, somebody has killed. That person is killed, right? That because the punishment fits the crime. There. there, it's it's almost like capital punishment today. There's there's a there's a civil justice system of sorts. Okay, that's set out to 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 do what? To restrain evil. Yeah, it's it's to avoid excessive punishment. Things start to domino out of control when you when you don't have stuff like that in place. Yeah. It's important that there's consequences for actions, okay? But again, the punishment fits the crime. We see this in Deuteronomy 19, expounded out a bit more. Um, you, you don't take the law into your own hands. Vengeance is God's alone, okay? Paul uses this later in Romans. He quotes the Old Testament, and he's talking about Nero when he's talking about, when he's talking about this as well, about not taking vengeance, And I mean, Nero wasn't exactly a kind guy. He was kind of crazy.
1: Kind of crazy. How was retaliation
0: being... Not retaliation, sorry. How was eye for an eye being misused then? Well, it was being used as permission for people to just kind of do what they wanted. You know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Right, someone punched me, so I'm going to stab them. For example, it's a bit of an extreme example, but, but again, it, it, again, th- things just escalate. That's the whole idea. Things escalate and get out of control. So victims of perhaps a crime um, became judge, jury, and executioner. You, you don't just punish, you punish with interest. How do we see that used today? Well, social media is a great example. There's a lot of cancel culture as of late. You tweet the wrong opinion, you tweet the wrong idea, and the whole of public opinion comes right down on you. Activism, that you know, which is not in and of itself a terrible thing, but it's been used and weaponized against people. That's not good. Lawsuits, people suing each other for various reasons, some right, some not right, some over petty things. Yeah. The, the, the issue here is self-interest, self-righteousness. It's kind of motivating the problem here. This is why Jesus is talking about responding in such a way to, to people who would maybe seek to harm you. Do you harm and stuff like that? Because unfortunately what happens is, again, speaking of the domino effect, with self-interest and self-righteousness, justice is replaced by revenge Okay, we, we idolize people who fight for our rights, whatever that means. You know, at the end of the day, it's just about your rights becoming first. Righteousness, what's, what's actually right about the situation, that comes second. People become expendable when this happens. Because it's all about you. This be a lot, um, There's more to speak on of this, but when Jesus talks about loving our enemies... This is followed on from that. So, digging a little bit deeper into what Jesus said, how is he saying to respond? Well, there's a few things here. Dignity, security, you know, talking on liberty and your property. So, when you get slapped, that's kind of humiliating. Especially if it's from like a backhand. Anybody here been slapped before? Yeah, it's kind of humiliating. (laughs) And what's he saying in return? Well, don't retaliate, but be prepared to suffer for doing what is right. So hand him the other cheek. Oh, you forgot this one. There was a story of a woman from South Africa my wife told me about recently, where where a man spit in her
1: face, and her response to it was, Oh, don't forget the child. How about security? Give your coat, right? You know, Someone asked for your
0: you know, cloak, give me your coat too. Um, if this had a bit, excuse me, this had a bit more to do if you were perhaps in the wrong here and you owed something, there was a debt that you perhaps couldn't pay, um, you
1: know, then give that plus extra basically. Overpay. Um, if if someone wrongfully told you to carry
0: something of theirs, you know, for, I don't know, a mile or something like that. It wasn't Roman law at the time. They could basically stop you in the middle of the street and tell you, hey, you're going to carry my equipment for a mile. It's not really fair. But that was the law at the time. And what he told them
1: was, okay, carry it two miles. Soldiers couldn't ask you to carry it two miles, but you could do that for them. How about property?
0: How about giving to those in need? Because nothing really belongs to us, does it? Um, when we give, we want to give generously. Not because we expect something in return. This isn't tokenism. Yeah? There, there's, there's a lot of that kicking around lately. Something to make us look better. Again, there's a selfish motive behind that. But if you're freely giving, you're freely giving something, there, there's no attachments there's nothing in it for you.
1: That's why it's called a gift. So, to summarize,
0: uh, as as best as possible here, because there is a there is a lot going on in both of these, with oaths and how we respond. You know, when when we feel like we want to retaliate. I know how difficult that 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 must be for some people here, especially if maybe, especially if you've maybe had to leave a country. You know, you've had to flee because there's been trouble, and and you've just had to get out, or maybe, you know, you experience
1: bullying at school or something like that, and every bone in your body wants to get payback. God is not asking us. To deal out vengeance. To retaliate.
0: And he's asking us to speak the truth. And not to lie. Let your yes be yes. And your no be no. And if you want to retaliate. Give. Instead. There's a re- there is a reason for that too. But again that's elaborated on a bit later. bit later. So. The common issue. The common problem. That Jesus is addressing is the selfish, self-interest, and self-righteousness behind making oaths and eye for an eye. Okay? So we're called to integrity, to mean what we say and, and say what we mean. A yes or no will do. Rely, we have to rely on God's strength to help keep our promises. We, we don't want to make promises so casually. You know, have any of us done that? Yeah, maybe it's a promise to a child to do something, and then we don't fulfill that? Maybe it's something bigger, like a business proposition. We said we would do something, and then, oh,
1: shoot, we didn't do it. Right?
0: There's, there's plenty of areas of our lives where this can perhaps happen casually. It's good to ask maybe where we might have been in the wrong there. Um, we want to follow God's example and lay down our rights for others. Instead of taking vengeance, we want to overcome evil with good. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 has a great little area there where he talks about laying down his rights for the gospel, where he laid it all down. All down. And he went to jail a lot. Okay? Like, unfairly, an an amount of times he spent in prison. And yet, without all that time in prison, we wouldn't have the letters we have today that we're still able to read and preach from, and learn from.
1: 2,000 years later, who would have thought? Are we willing to lay down our rights to do what is right? And here's
0: here's a good question to ask with um, regard to what Jesus is asking us to do. Was he a doormat? You know, did he, you know, did he let people just walk all over him? You know, we are talking about the same Jesus that cleared out the temple grounds with a, a whip. You know, went in there and just kind of cleaned house. The same Jesus who has corrected a lot of misunderstanding like he's doing on the Sermon on the Mount here. And the same Jesus who laid down his life freely for, ours, for our sin, though he was innocent and didn't sin at all. This, this is how God's kingdom works. Things, um, you, in God's kingdom, lying isn't a thing. Right? And in God's kingdom, okay, he's asking us to lay down our lives as he laid down his life. <clears throat> This is how God wants us to do things. So, some thoughts. You know, again, some questions. Again, I brought this up before. Have we been careless in making promises or oaths? Have we invoked God's name when making such promises? Have we broken promises we said we would keep? Have we retaliated publicly against governing authorities? I have. I've been very upset actually recently, with the Canadian government over some problems we're having back home. have been very unhappy about that, but I've also been very... But I forget. I forget. This is very easy to forget. The position that God gives governing authorities is a position that God gives. Okay, so... We respect the position because it's a position God has given, not because of the terrible people sitting in the seats. I mean, I say terrible people. I'm really not that much better.
1: Have we sought revenge against those who have wronged us? Do we harbor unforgiveness towards those God
0: has called us to forgive as we have been forgiven? You know, do, do, we, do we hold on to bitterness, resentment? Yeah? It's very, it's very easy to do. Not, I'm not saying this because I, I think, oh yeah, you know, easier said than done. No, no, these are things that got to be worked out. Yeah? These are very serious things that got to be worked out. Otherwise, things just domino out of control. Have we repented or brought any of these things before the Lord? First John 1.9 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, and has been ever since I was, oh goodness me, seven, eight, I think, God convicted me of stealing a chocolate bar. And I cried. I cried about a chocolate bar. I cried about stealing that. My mom was wondering what was wrong with me. <laughs> okay. What's a seven-year-old kid doing crying about stealing a chocolate bar? I still remember that to this day because I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I knew I
1: had sinned against God. And it wasn't good that I had done so. And
0: God's still convicting me today when I go wrong and when I get things wrong. And that same hope and that same grace is still available to us today. Thank God for that.
1: Yeah? Um, I think. No, I think, I think. I think. things will be. I think that's a good place to end things today. Um, let's let's pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God of the heavens and the earth. Lord, thank you that you keep your promises. Lord, thank you that your yes is yes and your no is no. Lord, thank you
0: for helping us in our time of need and for showing us the way, Lord, where we have lost our way. Lord, thank you that vengeance is yours because you are true and because you are just and because you are fair. Lord, thank you that we can lay things before you, Lord, that, are, that weigh on our hearts so heavy some days. Lord, that cause us to be so out of sorts. Lord, thank you for the grace and provision that you have made available to us, Lord, through, through Jesus and his work and his life and
1: his death on the cross and resurrection. Lord, we, 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 we ask for peace, Lord,
0: in a time where there is such tension um, with Russia and the Ukraine right now. And Lord, with things here at home and with uh, things in Canada, Lord, the U.S., other places, Lord, where we are from. Lord, thank you that you are God over all these things. Lord, and that we can trust you that we can put our faith in you.
1: Lord, and that you do not let us down. (laughs) In Jesus' name.